0: I wonder if you've ever felt like Chippy. Chippy was a parakeet just like any other parakeet. Chippy would sing his little parakeet songs all day long because Chippy had a lot to sing about. After all, he was in a little wire frame paradise in a sunny breakfast nook in a nice home on a quiet street. And so every day, Chippy tweeted out his song. Uh, Little did Chippy know that he was about to become famous. What happened to Chippy next uh, would be written up in a little uh, town newspaper uh, article, and then a well-known author would pick up the same story and uh, put it in a book that you may have read along the way. Uh, Chippy's life changed forever when his owner decided to clean the bottom of his cage with a vacuum cleaner. Uh, She removed the attachment on the Uh, vacuum hose stuck it into the cage and was cleaning the bottom of the cage when she suddenly got a phone call and while she was turning to the phone, there goes Chippy into the vacuum cleaner. As soon as the owner saw Chippy was gone, she screamed and dropped the phone and turned off the vacuum, opened the vacuum bag and there was Chippy alive but stunned. (laughs) And of course Uh, the owner saw that Chippy was just covered in vacuum dust and dirt. And so she grabbed him and raced to the uh, bathroom and turned on the faucet and put him under the freezing cold water. (laughs) And then she put Chippy down and there was Chippy soaked and shivering. And so she did whatever whatever a compassionate owner of a parakeet would do. She grabbed the hairdryer and... (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and just blasted Chippy. So then uh, she put uh, poor Chippy back on uh, his perch after he was uh, sucked in, dirt buried, water drowned, frozen stiff, blasted with hurricane hot air, all in the space of two minutes. Chippy didn't know what hit him. And uh, like I said, a, a newspaper Uh, reporter picked up this little story and put it in the newspaper. And then this reporter came back to check up on uh, uh, Chippy and asked uh, Chippy's owner how Chippy was doing. And uh, she said, well, Chippy is back on his perch, but he doesn't sing anymore. He just sits and stares. (laughs) Chippy doesn't sing anymore. My question is, how many of you feel like Chippy today? How many of you How many have ever felt like Chippy? How many of you feel like you've had the song just sucked right out of you? I identify with Chippy. I think probably you do too. Uh, but God can give you a song. He can give you back your song if you just give him a chance to take you above and beyond. It's true. If right now you just give God a chance God would like to lift your spirit so that you leave this place with the song rising up again in your heart. God wants to bring you back your song by bringing you back to his word through the Apostle Paul in his letter to the ancient church of Colossae in chapters 2 and 3 of Colossians. Uh, Feel free to follow along in your Bible or use the screen beginning at Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue walking in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Let Christ's peace rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let Christ's word dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Welcome. Welcome to this, the first message of a series that we're calling Above and Beyond. And uh, in, this spirit, uh, in this series, we're going to be studying the life-changing, world-altering concept that a personal relationship with God above empowers me to live beyond whatever threatens to keep me down. And so over the next six weeks, uh, we'll be hearing God speak through the Apostle Paul on how a relationship with God above Empowers me to live with love beyond my selfishness, with boldness beyond my fear, with peace beyond my anger, with grace beyond my bitterness, and much more. But today, we are going to study and see how a relationship with God above empowers me to live with grateful joy beyond circumstances that threaten to keep me down. We all want to live above and beyond, at least. We want the beyond part, right? Uh, here in Colossians, Paul is talking about the above part, which is a relationship with Jesus. But then all, Paul also talks about the beyond part, which is uh, grateful joy that, that really is living beyond the circumstances that threaten to keep me down. You see those gratitude words, right? That's uh, uh, a sign of a person Who is living beyond negative circumstances? I know I'm living beyond when I have overflowing thankfulness. What would that look like? What would it look like if I lived with overflowing thankfulness, singing with gratitude, thanking, 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 and thanking some more? Do you see that? See how Paul piles these gratitude words up four stories high? That's living beyond my circumstances. We're all like Chippy. We all get the joy sucked out of us by people and problems, but some go beyond. Some go beyond circumstances and get their song back, and you say, that's what I want. Yeah, sign me up. You know, I'm stressed out. My relationships are all filled with conflict. My life is messed up. So if there is a joy pill, I'll take it. Just let me swallow it. If there is a magic gratitude prayer, I'll pray it. Sorry, it's not like that. I can't live the beyond unless I first live the above. It's above and beyond. And to live the grateful joy beyond my circumstances, my relationship with God above must come first. And you say, okay, okay but I don't understand. What is this relationship with God all about? Well, Paul gives us a bounty of colorful words and phrases that we'd like to just study for a moment that explain what a relationship with God looks like. Where do I start? Well, according to God's word here in Colossians, I start with, I receive Christ. Now, this is something we spoke about the other week. Jesus came to save me from religion. There is no way that I can earn a relationship with God. Becoming God's child is a gift. A gift which I just receive like a child receives. And then by faith I receive the gift of God's forgiveness and I say, thank you. That's it. Have you done that? Have you started where Scripture says that you need to start this relationship with God by coming to God and saying, God, I understand I can't earn your love. I can only come back like those prodigal sons and be embraced by your grace. So based on my faith and what Jesus did on the cross for me, I receive the gift of your forgiveness and your love. If you haven't done that before, please do it today. And then when you do this, natural gratitude will bubble up from the supernatural experience of God's love and grace in Jesus. This supernatural gratitude will result in your song. Next, I walk with Christ. That's what a relationship is with, uh, with Jesus, walking. I love uh, Paul's word peripateo. Peri means around, and pateo means walk After I receive Christ, I start walking around with Jesus. I start walking around talking to Jesus all day long. All day long, it's a prayer walk, at school, at work, at home, on errands, everywhere I go, talking in the presence of Jesus. Uh, And when conflict circumstances come up, I turn to Jesus and I say, Jesus, can you give me a hand here? Can you lift me up? And he does. And what you find out, after you walk with Jesus for a while, you find out that he's faithful and he always does something. It's often not at the timing you want or it's not often in the way you would expect, but you learn that you can put your circumstances in his hands and he's in control such that when you turn to Jesus and give him that circumstance, you can thank him in advance. No grumbling, no complaining. You can say thank you in advance. Next, I put down roots in Christ. Paul here refers to the literal roots of a tree. Most people assume that a relationship with God is about visible stuff. It's like uh, going to church, and using churchy language like "bless you, brother," "Praise the Lord." But Paul says, "No, a relationship with Jesus is not about visible shows. A relationship with God is below the sight line, in the realm of roots." In every life, hurricanes blow. Hurricanes blow. But if in the storms of circumstance tear me up and and separate me from the peace of Jesus, it just shows that my roots are too shallow. When I have deep roots in Christ, the storms don't blow me away. In fact, uh, the rainfall nourishes me in my relationship with him, such that I produce even more fruit of love and peace and joy that makes me sing. I can even say, thank you, Jesus, in the midst of a storm. Next, I'm built up in Christ. In a deep relationship with Jesus, he builds me up. He reminds me that I am worth dying for. Jesus fills me with his spirit, of the voice of the spirit who keeps saying, you're never alone. You're fully approved. You're, you have a meaningful purpose. You have my complete blessing. You're surrounded by my love now, and I'll be with you forever. This is the voice of affirmation through Jesus' Holy Spirit indwelling the believer. And with this voice of affirmation, how could I ever let circumstance just tear me down? When I am so rich in Christ, how could I ever be jealous of someone who's has a fortune more than mine or uh, has talent or uh, a lifestyle that's more comfortable than mine. If I am built up with what I have with Jesus, how could I be demolished and discontent by what I don't have in terms of good looks or good circumstances or money or houses? Mm. Uh, How many of you know uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines? Uh, They are the stars of that... uh, that show called the uh, Fixer Upper, where they take a rundown ordinary house uh, uh, that's selected by a couple, and they fix it up for this uh, lucky couple or family. And my wife told me that if I bring up uh, Chip and Joanna, uh, I have to really you know, be careful uh, because people everywhere love Chip and Joanna. My, li- my wife should know this because Fixer Upper is her favorite show. She especially loves the end where the uh, lucky couple or uh, recipient stands in front of a life-size photograph of their, what their crummy house looks like before, and then the before picture separates, and behind is the after, fixed up. Version and then the soft focus comes in and we see the open plan kitchen and the homework nook for the kids and uh, and and by some Waco Texas miracle this is all done for what in Connecticut we pay for an oil change <laughs> and uh, and this wide-eyed couple just goes in and is just so amazed and and we're just so happy for them right and my wife emphasizes that Chip and Joanna are truly wonderful people. They have great kids. They have a loving marriage. They love God. They are truly brothers and sisters in Christ. I love Chip and Joanna. I just wanted to say one little thing about the show, and that is that for me, their TV show comes straight from hell. Um, For me, uh, just for me, Uh, is because it creates these negative attitudes in me. First of all, I am no Chip. Chip is a handyman extraordinaire, and I am no Chip. But that doesn't stop my wife from expecting that I can do Chip Things after she watches the show. But, you see, I am the anti-chip. Whatever I do to improve things around the house make them worse. I am the fixer-downer. Uh, but that's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is that whenever I watch the show, every episode makes me feel discontent about me, about my life, and about my space. I look around at my space, and I say, I'm living in the before picture. (laughs) And I'm I'm not saying anything, you know, about my house, literally. I'm just, uh, it's perfect, it's fine. Uh, I'm just telling you how the show makes me feel about me and my life. I keep asking myself, how can I be happy when I do not have a kitchen table of reclaimed wood? I do not have a mudroom with cubby holes for everybody's shoes. How can I be happy? How can I be content? How can I be satisfied when I'm living in the before? (laughs) Listen, all I'm saying is that in order to live beyond the discontent that sucks the song out of my life, I must turn off the voices, even voices of wonderful people who end up tearing down what the voice of Jesus is trying to build up within me. For me, it's fixer upper. For you, it might be Facebook upper and seeing photos of how everyone else is having better meals with better people on better vacations than you. And if it tears you down, turn it off. Turn the voice off. Turn off the voices of discontent so that Jesus can build you up and give you that song of gratitude. Start singing, because he builds you up. Next, I let Christ's peace rule me. Paul says, let Christ's peace rule your heart. And that word he uses for rule refers to a judge at a sporting event. In baseball terms, I I can choose to let Christ's peace be the umpire the umpire who calls uh, safe and out uh, foul or fair. Uh, When I have a relationship with Christ above, his peace says to my worry, you're out. To my anxiety, you're out. And Paul's life proves that if I let God's peace be the umpire over my perspectives, I end up with an attitude of gratitude. You know where Paul wrote these words about grateful joy? He wrote them in prison with his flesh being chafed into a bloody mess by shackles. And do you know what Paul did in prison? Besides writing God's word about joy, in Acts chapter 16, we find out that Paul sang, that he sang in prison songs and hymns of joy and gratitude that made his prisoners look around and say, How is that possible? that he can sing in a situation that makes us down. Paul saying because of Christ's peace in him was ruling, singing safe, grumbling out, complaining out, whining, negativity, out. Next, I let Christ's word lead me. Earlier we saw how a relationship with Jesus is about speaking to Jesus in prayer all day long. A relationship with God is also listening to God. Jesus had something to say. And as I listen to his promises and his corrections and his leadings in his word, I have a never fail roadmap to the joy that lifts me above my circumstances and restores my song in my life. But notice something else. The words we're studying from Paul emphasize how we hear this word of Christ in community. Jesus arranges things so that I hear his voice, his word through the voices of other believers. And so I will never get my song back by myself. I must sing with believers. I must sing with believers by extending myself to friendship with other believers in community. Finally, I develop my relationship with God above as I do it all in the name of Jesus, Jesus' name. Paul says, whatever you do in word, whatever you do in deed, do it all in Christ Jesus. I have a friend who uh, says that she came to a point where she slipped into the emotional shadows of real negativity. She sensed herself getting more and more critical of people and sad and down on herself. And, uh, But one Sunday in this room, uh, she heard me encourage you to uh, try a gratitude journal where you just write down things that you are grateful for and focus on those things. She decided to try it. It changed her attitude so much that she kept it after one week, to two weeks, to three weeks, and she just kept listening and focusing on more and more things that she had to be grateful for, and the more and more she focused on things that she was grateful for, the more and more joy she experienced in her life. So don't listen to me. Listen to her. Try this assignment. Make a list of of seven things uh, today that you can focus on for seven days, one thing a week, and... uh, and focus on them with word and deed in mind. If your gratitude is for your family the first day, express your gratitude to God and to your family in word, but then go beyond to express something to your family members in deed that says that you're grateful for them. Uh, maybe the second day, it's your job, then you can express to God and to your boss that you are, are grateful, but then go to deed and actually ex- express gratitude in a deed to a, a coworker. Uh, for, do it for a week, seven days, uh, just word and deed, word and deed, word and deed, being grateful. And then do it for a second week. Keep expanding your gratitude in word and deed, word and deed, and watch God bring your song back. Maybe you feel like Chippy today. I don't know where you're perched. Maybe you feel as though your circumstances have just beaten the song out of you. Well, you can go beyond you go beyond your pain. You go beyond your past. You go beyond your problems when you go first above. Going beyond begins with a personal relationship with Christ above that starts as you receive Christ and then continues as you walk around with Christ and as you are rooted in Christ and then built up by Christ, and then you are ruled by Christ's peace, and you are led by Christ's word, and you keep expanding your gratitude in word and deed, word and deed, word and deed. And a personal relationship with God above will empower you to live with grateful joy beyond the circumstances that threaten to keep you down. So come, come and put Jesus at the center of your life, and he will put a song back in your heart. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online, and we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and are on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.